0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Intersection, coming to you from Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business, and I'm your host, Joe Macri. Our guest today is lecturer and Lean Six Sigma instructor, Bob Myers. This is part one of two of my conversation with Bob. In this episode, we'll get to know Bob, his personal background, and his history with Georgia Tech. In part two, we'll learn about the Lean Six Sigma program Bob teaches, the updated hybrid format, and what students can expect from the course. Let's get into it. With over 20 years of university experience in the classroom, Bob brings a unique blend of real-world experience from a very diverse set of industry roles, such as director of IT, project manager, QA manager, and engineer. He's a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt and PMP certified. Welcome to The Intersection, Bob.
1: Uh, thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for being having me here. All right. How
0: long have you been here at Sheller now?
1: Oh, just about seven years.
0: You don't got me yet. I'm, I've been here 12, 13 years, so, so nice. I'm still heady on that.
1: But I guess I should clarify that. And I'm sure we'll get into it. I've been here seven sure. years as a full-time employee.
0: Gotcha. Right. We're going to get into that. You're right. So let's get into a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You lived in Atlanta most of your life, or uh, how did you come to Atlanta?
1: So the answer now is yes to Atlanta for most of my life. You know, the background is I was actually born in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, lived up in that area till about 10th grade, and then moved to Panama City, Florida, where I finished up high school. And then after high school, made the move to go to college in Atlanta. And so I've literally been here since then. Um, the other interesting part is in that, that time frame in Maryland, from from birth to 10th grade, there was a two-year stint where my family went over and we lived in Guam for two years. So that was an interesting experience. And then did that wow. and then came
0: back. Oh, yeah. So high, high school in Panama City, is that what you said?
1: High school in Panama City, yes. Oh, How about boy. that? Some people, there's actually a high school. Actually, there's a couple there. Now <laughs> there's even more. There was only three when I was there. Now
0: there's. Yeah. Wow. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, so I love the beach life. That, that's great. But I, I've been here since 86. That's so been, been quite a while. But that must have been some interesting times. We, we don't need to talk about that. Maybe for another podcast. Um, <laughs> um, so do you have any hobbies? Like, what do you do on your free days? What do you do when you, um, I don't know.
1: Oh, my free day. There's food. no such thing as free days that's, right now. No. Yeah. Uh, well, so here, the, so the full answer is, uh, you know, it, it is a dream of mine. And so I'm a unique, unique, probably in a sense that um, I'm probably, I'm one of probably the only or the very few folks in the business school that don't have a terminal degree yet, believe it or not. So I got a couple master's degrees, obviously a bachelor's, a couple master's, but no terminal degree. So it's been my goal to get that terminal degree. And so I'm pursuing it right now, pursuing a doctorate. Um, and so it pretty much takes up whatever time is left after school. Mm.
0: Mm, interesting. I was going to ask you what Terminal was. Okay, but you clarified that. Yeah,
1: so Terminal is a PhD or doctor. Um gotcha. But, you know, I guess to fully answer your question prior to that, you know, big, big fun for me was to play soccer. So I played on one of the club teams at, here when I was here, uh, and I continued to play soccer in various leagues, adult leagues throughout Atlanta for a lot of years, and then just even at a kind of a pickup game level.
0: Wow. Nice. You talked about being here, right? So you've received your bachelor's and uh, your master's from Georgia Tech in aerospace. That's quite impressive. Um, why did you pursue those degrees uh, in that field? And did you get a, Did you get a chance to flex those?
1: So, so I did flex it a little bit. You're going to love it. So I'm just going to be transparent and honest here. This is great stuff. Yeah. So yeah. when I started here as a freshman back in 1987. I was 17 years old. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea. You know, I was like, well, I'm good at math. I like science, good at math and science. So engineer sounds like a great choice. I'm like, yeah, we're coming to Georgia Tech. And then it was, OK, what major are you going to pick? And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And so literally what happened was the flip of a coin. Because isn't isn't that great? My dad and I, you know what? At least back in that time, electrical engineering and aerospace engineering were very hard to change into once you were here. Mm. But obviously, you could declare it up front. Boom, up goes the coin, aerospace. Okay, we'll start aerospace. Okay. And I just continued through with it and, uh, you know, through my bachelor's program. And then toward the end of the bachelor's, I actually decided I'm going to keep on going. Uh, I'm going to keep going. This is all right. And I started grad. I started graduate co-op right before I finished undergrad, and got hired on at Rolls Royce. And wow. then, as you'll see, since your your question did I use it, so then yep. I went on. And Rolls Royce, in this case, makes jet engines. Yep. Was there for a bit in the in the making of engine side. Um, interestingly enough, they bought a company called Allison Engine Company, who was an American company in Indianapolis, hmm. and they. Decided they wanted to relocate the Atlanta folks. This was, by the way, in Atlanta, this co-op. So it worked out pretty good. I could co-op, mm-hmm. and then i go to school, and then co-op. Anyway, they're going to move to Indianapolis. I don't want to go there. And Rolls-Royce also had a power plant division. And so I quickly moved over to the power plant division that did stay right. in Atlanta. Right. And then a little, I don't know, a year or so after that, decided to go to Delta Airlines mm-hmm. to be an en- a propulsion engineer. So wow. I used Rolls-Royce and – so Rolls-Royce, more theoretical, it was literally theoretical, you know, CAD designs, computational fluid dynamics, all, all works, to Delta Airlines, which was very application-based. Literally, I walk downstairs and there's real jet engines, you know, wow. on close and parts coming apart and getting put together. Wow. Was, yeah.
0: Do you have one of those – you know, I've seen those before. I'm, I'm fascinated by that, but – you know, those engines i see those big rooms and they're all protected they really have like engines mounted in those rooms and crank them up and test them in there is, is like
1: well, those are test mean? cells yeah yeah no okay. they do they absolutely they're, they're they call them test cells okay. and so right and so you take it in fact delta had to do this every time they take it it's kind of neat you take an engine off an aircraft kind of plug and play and put yeah. another one on it so you can keep it going but then you bring this engine into the shop and you literally take it apart to the piece part i mean down to the last blade nut and bolt you repair some, you overhaul some, you get new parts and reassemble to make an engine. And then the next step is you got to go make sure it seems like it's working. You go put it in a test cell wow. and you hook it up to you know, control lines and power, you know, fuel and, and you run it up in that in that box, if you will, make wow. sure everything's working. And then that, it passes that and then you can go on to put it back on another aircraft.
0: Wow, those yeah. videos look so scary when I'm watching them online. Just, there's just so much power behind those things, you know. But...
1: It's crazy, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's safe.
1: getting sucked into those. Is not a good choice. That is, it's deadly. I mean, it literally, is deadly. Oh, yeah, you're done.
0: Amazing, amazing. Uh, yeah. So flip of a coin. Wow, that's that's quite uh, quite a story. Just, but that's what you do when you're young, right? You don't know what you're
1: going going on. Did, like no that. clue. I was definitely what you call a late bloomer. No
0: question yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I no, I, get, no, I feel that. I can feel that. So you've got two degrees from He so Must be a huge fan. Obviously. What's some of your memorable experiences here?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, well, so so I happen to be in here. You know, in, in terms of memorable and, and, and fan experiences, you know, uh, I was here in in that one year period that was pretty amazing, in that we had a run to the Final Four and a football championship all in the mm-hmm. same time frame. And and I was the group. There was a group of us that literally this this was 1990, the Final Four. Um, we, we went a group of us. We went up to Knoxville, which is where the first round games were. We beat, I think it was East Tennessee State, and then we got to play Shaquille O'Neal and LSU and beat them, which was super great and cool. Wow! You know, and yeah. then and then a week later, a, another group of us, man, we hauled butt down to New Orleans and we watched the next round of games in New Orleans, and, and then the final four was uh, in, in Denver and in, and. This was good too. I borrowed my parents. I went home to my parents to get their van. They had a big old brown van and it was empty in the back. And we literally put two cots in the back of it. So you had front (laughs) seats and passenger seat. There was this kind of middle row seat. And then we had tied down two cots in the back and we did. It was, this is college. We did this, this kind of schedule where you drove for, I think it was two hours, your passenger drink for two hours start to cool down two hours, two hours, and then sleep, sleep. And then if you have to be back driving, and we literally went nonstop to Denver on the, on the nonstop. It was great. Um, but that was incredible. And then, you know, and so that's in March and, and, and April. And then you get around to the fall and football team's doing real good. Uh, even traveled, I went and Washington, in Virginia when we beat Virginia, who was ranked number one at that point. And then at the end of the year, actually January 1st of 1991, was Orlando was the Citrus Bowl. And so I went to that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that yeah. guy about there, actually, I still have it, is from the Citrus Bowl.
0: What um, is that? The goalpost? That's a piece of goalpost. He's pointing at the that's goalpost, great. everybody. So it's the podcast, yes, right? Guess. But he, he pointed at the goalpost, literally.
1: And so the memorable part about that is we used to have a restaurant called Juniors on campus, very famous restaurant. I remember that. That moved into the base of the tower, of the tech tower. And when they moved in the base of the tech tower, I. You know, that that post I gave it to Tommy Clemens, and he had it in there forever in, in wow. juniors. And then I found out juniors is closing. Right. I'm, I'm calling the guy up and say, Tommy, what's what's going on here? He goes, yeah, we're closing. I'm like, well, what about the goalpost, man? He's like, you need to come get it. I'm like, all right, man, I'm coming.
0: So wow.
1: goal post is back. So it went from juniors back to here.
0: we got going to do something. With that That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Definitely hardcore fans. Great stories. Great stories traveling, too. That's amazing. Let's see, so you, I don't know, let's get in some of your teaching aspects of this, right? You talked about your fun stuff, but what were some of your jobs prior to teaching the tech? I mean, you mentioned Delta. kind of It kind of went down the list there, but um, well, you know, what a few drew you, to, to, you. This, to this industry? Like, what drew you to the industry in this in that position, really?
1: So, yeah, so I'll take both of those. You know? sure. So prior jobs, obviously, propulsion engineer was one early on in life. And, and as always with things, I'm like, really, this is why you do certain things. Uh, I'm at Delta, and, and, I, and I kid you not, you know, there's a guy coming to fix my, my not my PC at this point, well, desktop PC. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the help desk guy to install software or whatever. And somehow I'm finding out how much money this guy makes. What the hell is going on? This guy's mm-hmm. making, you know, a little bit more than what I'm making. And here I am, the, the quote, rocket scientist. I'm like, something's messed up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe, well, am I not in the right field? I'm just being honest. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And it, so I ended up, it turned out a guy that I used to work with at Rolls-Royce who was an IT called me and said, Hey, I got an IT consulting company. You want to come work for us? I'm like, Hmm, well, yeah, because this guy's doing quite well and all he's doing is help desk stuff. I said, I like this. So I went there and did some project management stuff for a little while. Um, Mm -hmm. Then that kind of blossomed into an internet startup. We went over, I went over to an internet startup for a few years back in the dot-com days and uh, did QA manager, customer service manager. And then as that, as most of the companies did, burst um, and pop. Mm. I went to a company that we had consulted with prior and spent time there doing some project management. But then um, turns out there was a guy that was in charge of IT back when I was at Rolls-Royce. And he came calling one day and said, hey, Bob, I've got this consulting company, IT consulting company I've started. would love to have you come over. What do you think? Went and talked to him. I was like, man, this sounds great. I'm in. Uh, did it. And then, and then that IT consulting company for a couple years, and then we kind of rolled into a dot-com startup. So I did the yep. dot-com thing for a little bit, and, and, and within that context was doing QA manager, customer service manager. Uh, that dot-com company, like a lot of them, burst, and when it burst, I ended up going to one of the companies we had formerly consulted for, in a role, actually was in a kind of a project manager type of role. And then from there, moved into a director of computer operations. So all this, by the way, interestingly enough, in the context of IT.
0: Yeah.
1: Which work, because to be honest with you, at school, you know, my schooling at tech, there was there was a large chunk of programming that I had done. Right. So was well-versed and could, and could na- navigate that. Um, but what really, and I think the other part of the question was what drew me to that industry yeah. uh, was, was a was an instructor I had at one point named Sacha Chakavorty. He was pretty instrumental uh, and, and turned out for a long time to be a, a mentor of mine. Uh, he passed about a year ago, but he he has been, he was an incredibly influential in, in the direction I took in terms of mm. operating supply chain.
0: What was his specialty end? What was he an expert in? Operations supply chain. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you earned your MBA from Kennesaw State? I did. State. Yep. I did. Um, why'd you do that? Why'd you pursue an MBA after getting the bachelor's and master's?
1: So let me tell you another story. Yeah, now, this yeah, is yeah. going to be a Rolls-Royce story. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm in the power plant side of the house at this point. So this is prior to coming to Delta. And the the guy in charge there brings me in, and he brings – and so at this point, I'm finished with the, with the master's in, in, in engineering. And he brings me in and he brings another guy in that's a field engineer. And so at this point, I'm working in the power plant division. So Rolls Royce actually had a division that worked for literally plants that generate electricity. So Southern Company, Georgia Power. In fact, Georgia Power was a big customer. And he brings in to give a little context, what they were selling at that point were actually they're called nozzles. With a power plant, and I won't go through how it all works, but in in simple terms, you take, if it's a coal-fired plant, you take coal, you crush it down into powder, you mix it with air, and you blow it into a box, and you light it. And so you create this huge fireball, and and this box is made up of tubes welded together, and those tubes have water in them. The fire heats the water into steam. Steam turns a turbine, which turns magnets around copper coil. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But these nozzles are, you know, there's nozzles in the in these boxes used to deliver in the coal dust in the air. Okay. All right. Um, so what Rolls-Royce was doing at this point in time is this was a few years after the Clean Air Act amendments of 1990. So it didn't date me again, but <laughs> yeah, which which had mandated that power plants reduce the amount of pollution, air pollution that they create from their power plants. Well, Rolls-Royce had figured out that these nozzles, the way you mix the air and the coal, you could actually influence some of the air pollution, in particular the nitric oxides that were created as a byproduct of the fire. Um, And then further, they they started to realize that if you change the angle of these nozzles up or down, you could also alter the amount of emissions of nitric oxides. And so they brought both of us in, so me, And this field engineer who literally is spending time at the plants, at the power plants day by day, you know, every day. And he's like, okay, guys, I want you guys to go away, come back in two weeks, and I want you to come up with a design to be able to rotate these nozzles. I was like, this is awesome, man. You know, I'm this young engineer. I'm like, this is incredible. And I went home and, and I worked on this thing for nights and and I came up with this really cool model. It had all kind of gears and linkages in it. And I made this mock-up of it and you could kind of hold the back of it and you could, you know, pull pull it up or down. You could turn, rotate that nozzle up or down. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an engineering marvel. Wow, it was wonderful. By the way, complex all get out. I can't even fathom how much to produce. But none of that entered my head. Right? Right, right. So we come back and they're like, okay, Bob, show us what you got. And I put this model on the table. I'm all excited. I'm like, hey, look at this. You can rotate. It's so easy. and It moves up and down. And, you know, and they're like, wow, cool. And they look over this other guy's name was Peter. Um, and he goes, Peter, what do you got? And he, and he goes, yep. And he pulls out a socket wrench and a threaded bar. And he goes, yeah, I got this, you know, I got this from Home Depot, it'll be about $45 per nozzle. And all we gotta do is a little weld here and here on each nozzle, and you can rotate one way to raise it, rotate the other way to lower it. And I just kind of was like, holy crap. And so, you know, it literally, it hits me. I'm like, you know, as engineers, we have all, you know, I guess we can have this issue where we want over-engineer everything, but right. then even more so of it, just to have no clue of the business side of that. The
0: business I mean, purposes, right? to make money, right, And
1: right. so, you, great, great, great idea, Bob. Man, it works great. It moves up and down, wonderful. It probably cost thousands of dollars just to make, you know. And practical guy Peter, forty-five bucks. And right. I'm like, you know what? I need a business foundation. I mean, literally, that was what it was. Like, I need a business foundation to go with this. Something's missing here. Mm. And so when I got to Delta. Delta offered tuition assistance, and I'm like, all right, I need to find some place I can go at night. Right. Uh, truth be told, back then, I don't think Georgia Tech had the evening. They didn't. They didn't have the evening MBA program. Right, right. So I can't do full-time day. I'm right. going up the street as close by home, and there it is.
0: Right. Fascinating. Yep, business purpose, right? Over engineering. that's pretty
1: brilliant.
0: You always it think of was... a great idea, and what's the simplest?
1: I mean, I just sat there. It was like unbelievable. I'm like, yep, I just got the greatest life lesson. There you go
0: going to parlay well into, I think, the lean of sigma questions here coming up here shortly. Looking for waste and efficiencies and that sort of thing, I think as well, which we'll get into mm-hmm. in a minute. So, what you know, what was your history in in higher ed? You know, what what made you decide to become a lecturer after all that? Like
1: this? Uh, yeah. So, so that that same professor Chakavorty, who was uh, he was actually at Kennesaw, you know, uh, we I had graduated from there uh, and. Literally, the, the guy calls me and in like in, literally in May of 1999. He's like, Bob, and I'm like, Professor Chakafori, how you doing? He's like, Bob, what are you doing? I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, Bob, you want to teach one day? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he goes, can you start next month? I'm like, sure. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you want me to start in April? Literally, it was teaching an 8 a.m. Saturday morning, 8 a.m. core operations class. Obviously, somebody had bailed on them. They had to find somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, this is pretty cool. This is light. this is neat. I'll do this. That's fine. I'll try it once. I did it, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I think I'll keep doing this. So truth be told, it kind of it was a hobby for a lot of years. I would, mm. you know, literally, it was working day job, and there were one, maybe two night classes mm. that, that I would do up there every semester wow. clockwork for literally 16 15 16 17 years yeah
0: wow opportunity knocks right take advantage problem oh, fire
1: means, does it. Right. and you know and and I and I, I guess I can fill it out further uh, you know so then one day I, I get an email from a professor at Kennesaw going hey Georgia Tech is looking for somebody to teach a class is anybody interested And I'm like oh my god me 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 wow me, me, yeah, me yeah. please, me 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 me, <laughs> Yeah, 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 That would be most incredible. So.
0: What is it, you know, what is it about teaching that you like? I mean, when you got, you know, when you had that little trial run, was it just knowledge transfer? Was it students? Was it, you know, all the above? What was the?
1: I, it's, was you the know, part? that's a great question. I just, I, I enjoy it. There's so many things. One is I feel like I learn the material. You learn, to me, you learn material way better when you have to teach it than mm-hmm. you ever do when you take it. Mm-hmm. But just then, and for me, just that interaction and and talking through with students, um, you know, seeing in their eyes when they get it, they go, oh my gosh, I can figure, I know how to use this. This is cool. I know what I can do with this. Mm. Uh, I just, I enjoy it. It's just a lot of fun. Mm. Doesn't feel like work.
0: Right, right. Well, that's, that's a win for you then. Because um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot uh, of years
1: that felt like work.
0: Right, right. I mean, well, it's the evolution of where you come, right? Where you come it was, from. It was
1: shoveling, you, man. You, it was shoveling you, stuff.
0: Oh, I get that. I get that. Um, what about operations management? Was it, you know, what made you be interested in that part specifically in operations?
1: Sure. So I, I keep mentioning this same guy, I guess I'll yeah. mention Saj-, Saj again. He uh, he was an operations supply chain guy there. And I had some, cl- obviously I had some classes in the MBA program. Um, and, and some of the stuff that really stuck with me, he actually studied uh, under a guy named Eli Goldratt. And, and Eli Goldratt is a guy who came up with something called Theory of Constraints. And so the, the truth is, is that I think theory constraints and and just the topics that Sasha talked about really drove, you know, pulled me uh, toward operations management. As a, mm. no, this is the stuff I like.
0: Mm. You know, you've taught business analytics classes for online masters in analytics, I believe. And oh, yeah. 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 How did you How did you become involved in that? And you know, what other classes do you teach?
1: Hey Bob, do you want to do online master analytics class? Sure. Can you start next month sure <laughs> it was but it's fairly close to that in, in that yeah, yeah. you know um i just enjoy teaching and so any opportunity in it within georgia tech to be involved you know in teaching i want to do and in particular uh, i just you know and this is obviously pre covid when i when i did started this you know i'm just like I, I, this is an evolution that i see that we're you know is going to take place in in academics, and Mm -hmm. I want to learn. And the only way you get better at doing something is you got to do it. You know, practice, you got to get involved, you got to do it. And I'm like, this sounds like a great opportunity. How can I get involved? And when I heard, you know, this was going on, I'm like, all right, I need to get in this. I need Mm -hmm. to get involved. And so, to be truth, it's not a full class. What it is is it's, you know, it's one of these overview kind of, you know, intro to business kind of stuff Mm -hmm. where they spend a few weeks in each discipline. So I've got a couple weeks that are focused on operations supply chain Mm -hmm. that I come in for. But it's a lot of fun.
0: Was that your I mean, first I, online class?
1: I did well in, in that manner, in the manner that we do it here, which I like okay. a lot. You know, I have okay. done online courses. I did some at Kennesaw.
0: Okay, and, okay, it,
1: but it was a very different model back then. And I think it's evolved since then. Okay, but I, was it know,
0: like pre-recorded MOOCs maybe, and then people check in or? Yeah, did you ever when do I
1: first kind of... did the Kennesaw online, it was prior to the pre-recorded stuff.
0: Gotcha. Okay, really. okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> we've come a long way for sure. Um, you know, you teach a lot, right? You've got all this experience. Like, how would you describe your your teaching style?
1: So, one answer probably is participatory. I don't like to I don't like to get up and just talk for forty five minutes. That's horrible to me. I don't know why you want to listen to somebody go on forever. Right. I also believe that students have a lot of great examples. In fact, in most cases, better than my examples. And if you're able to get those out of them, it just makes the class that much richer and fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say. The overall, what I tell students in a lot of my classes is, here's the model I'm going to attempt to employ, and, and I call it Learn-See-Do. Uh, my guess is somebody else has something that's similarly named, and so they're going to say I copied it. I had no clue, but um, I call it Learn-See-Do because it's going to this notion that I think one, repetition is useful, and then, and then also different methods of, of instruction or, or seeing, and different methods of learning are important. And so when I say learn CV, what I mean is, so what I like to do is learn is I like to introduce a concept, right? So here's a concept, here's a tool, let's learn Mm -hmm. what it is. Then let's, second step is, and it reinforces, right? But let's see it. Let's see an example if it, in a lot of cases, through a case. So a business case, let's see an example of a company that used that concept and look at what worked and didn't work. So it kind of fills it out a little bit. And then third thing, do. So to reinforce the third time, do. Let's have you now, student, do an actual application of whatever this tool is. Mm. So that you actually do it. So you get to see some of the other things that are involved in, in, in issues and challenges you may encounter. Mm. And so with, with hitting that, I, I find that it works pretty good. It works real good.
0: Bob, do you feel you're... I don't know do you feel you cursed in some way like do you view the world now as operations and segmenting things up and looking for efficiencies and i mean do you know what i mean because I, I find i feel that way for what i do in my industry but um maybe it's not maybe curse is not a bad word but do you view the whole world no, very analytical your
1: lens sure th- th- those yeah, lenses yeah. are a little bit different yeah. Now. sure yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah, lens sure. is okay you could do that better faster cheaper easier <laughs> right. hey have you thought about this over here Oh, right. sure. Why why on earth are they doing that? Uh, If I was here, this is what I would do different.
0: Right. People are just like, just enjoy it, Bob. Just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So that was part one of my conversation with Bob. Listen to part two to learn more about the Lean Six Sigma program Bob teaches, the updated hybrid format, and what students can expect from the course.